This is a podcast about the manosphere, so it may contain references to extremist misogyny and violence, and it will definitely contain lots of swears. This is a podcast about the manosphere, so it may contain references to extremist misogyny and violence, and it will definitely contain lots of swears. Hey, Aileen, did you know that Jordan Peterson is one of the foremost thinkers of our time? Uh, Daddy, you all right, mate? Hello and welcome to the Manosphere Debunked podcast. Um, hopefully, you fucking know what the podcast is by, about by now. But if not, it's a podcast where we think about the information that comes out of the Manosphere and try and uh, separate fact from the bullshit. My name is Dan, the narcissist psychologist on Instagram. And my name is Aileen at Tinder Translators on Instagram. And we're back after a week away um, because I was ill. Uh, and you might be able to hear that I'm still not that well but we thought we'd bring you a little cheeky bonus episode today a couple of episodes back we were talking about the motherfucking patriarchy and we used a clip from Jordan Peterson when he was talking about how patriarchy doesn't exist obviously if you haven't listened to that episode go back and listen to it we basically prove it definitely does exist and we don't need to have a debate anymore about it I think that's a good summary of the episode yeah no we, we solved it didn't we we solved the whole fact of whether patriarchy exists or not the Barbie movie tried to do it in like a really sort of cinematic funny tongue-in-cheek uh-huh. way we just smashed it with facts I yeah think, so. um reviews are in better than the barbie movie i believe is what people are saying <laughs> so in that episode we did listen to the clip of jordan peterson and we were the plan for the episode was to come back to it and discuss it some more because it's a three-minute clip it's from an interview that it's actually an hour and 40 minutes long yeah for this podcast, I have watched most of that interview now. I feel like that's uh, slightly masochistic of you. That couldn't have been enjoyable. No, but when you talk about Jordan Peterson online, people are always like, you've taken him out of context. So I decided to watch the context. By the way, never makes it better. <laughs> but I did listen to a bit of, of it. Well, most of it. Um, and it's for GQ. And it's, I think, just after 12 rules. No, I don't know if it's just after it, but it's like when 12 rules of life has only sold 2 million copies. So, you know, not the 5 million it's sold now. So it's a while ago. But yeah, we wanted to come back to it and we didn't. So we thought, why don't we do a little little bonus episode where we just... just Cheeky bonus um, episode. Drag John Peterson for film. Have a think about it. No, yeah, we have a think about it. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. (laughs) Um, Right, so we're going to watch the first bit of this clip together. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Go. Well, one of the things I want to come back to is this idea. So that you say in the book, you know, there is masculine order and feminine chaos. Mm-hmm. I, uh, no, actually, I say that those are symbolic representations of the two things. Right. Okay. So why? Why is order masculine? Um, I think it's because our primary social hierarchy structures are fundamentally masculine. And that's not the patriarchy. Well. It's not the modern idea of the patriarchy, that's for sure. I mean, that's, so that's my idea of the patriarchy, which is a, a system of male dominance of society. Yeah, but that's not my sense of the patriarchy. So what's, what's yours? Well, in what sense is our society male-dominated? Should we uh, stop there? I feel like I've got a few things to say already. Go on, then. <laughs> Any thoughts from you uh, so far? 
he's very into sort of the specifics of language, isn't mm-hmm. he? Which I can understand. I think, you know, you have to be really specific when you talk about how you refer to things. But first, straight off, the sort of immediate defensiveness when the interviewer was saying, you say that masculine masculinity is um, order and femininity is chaos. And yeah. he's like, well, no, they're symbolic representations. And I'm like, well, yes, I know they're symbolic representations, but you are literally saying by it being a symbolic representation, what you are saying is that you think that masculinity is order and femininity is chaos. Regardless of whether it's a symbolic representation, that is your viewpoint and that is the stance that you and take also, on like, it. Masculinity and femininity are ideas, so that it couldn't be anything else than a symbolic representation. Exactly. Because so it's not it's a like, concrete thing. No so shit, Sherlock. He likes to correct his interviewers, though, doesn't he? Loves to go, well, mm, <laughs> I don't think so, lady. Which I think is a really interesting um, sort of discourse tactic, mm. isn't it? Especially when it's in when it's a debate. There, there's something about really sort of being pedantic about what somebody says as as a means to kind of put somebody off and almost interrupt their flow of thought. Yeah, you're in control of the rhythm of the conversation and often mm. the direction of the conversation as well. And he's very good at being completely unruffled by whatever comes up. In, in a kind of like, in his speech patterns he is, he is often, to my perception, incandescent with rage uh, all the way through these interviews. Really, like, really riled really easily. But he manages to speak in a kind of, you know, steady tone, even though the tone behind it sounds like he might murder you in your sleep. Yeah, so the so the the nonverbals are very strong, aren't yeah. they? Just like the way he looks sometimes at interviewers oh, God, when they yeah. say things. He's terrifying. He appears to hold them in quite significant contempt mm-hmm. sometimes when they push against sort of the things that he says. Yeah, I think with this bit of the clip where he, t- he talks about masculine order, feminine chaos, and so she goes, "Well, why is order masculine?" And he says, "Well, because you know the structures of our society are masculine." So I'm immediately like, "Cool, patriarchy. Cool, let's call it a day there." Yeah, we've we've agreed. You've proved the point, yeah. and we all can sort of shake hands and go home because they're all singing off the same hymn sheet. Yeah, huzzah. And then she's like, so is that not patriarchy? He's like, it's not as patriarchy as I understand it. Oh, no, he says it's not the modern understanding of patriarchy. And then you're just a bit like, okay. <laughs> but if what you're saying is that order comes from masculine structures. It's symbolic and... of masculine structures, Dan, okay? Sorry, if what that you're saying hell. is that order is of symbolic masculine structures, <laughs> and then the interviewer is saying... But yes, the structures, by virtue of their masculine nature, are also patriarchal. Surely we are saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, nah, because what in what sense is, is society male-dominated? And that's where we left. Should we see what he's got to say for himself about that? In what senses are society male-dominated? Uh, the fact that the vast majority of wealth is owned by men, the vast majority of capital and is owned by men. Women do more unpaid labour. tiny portion of men and a huge portion of people who seriously disaffected are men. Most people. Right, before he gets into the list, can we just hone in on what's happened right there? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think we touched on this in the patriarchy episode, didn't we? Yeah. But again, sort of, you know, in that episode, we talked about the fact that patriarchal society, patriarchal structure defined by, again, the masculine structures that he's just previously talked about, but then also the fact that all the sort of power structures, all the positions of power, all the wealth, all that kind of stuff is held by men, which she goes on to say, 
Mm -hmm. And then he goes on to say, yes, but it's held by a small substrata of men. He's actually saying not all men. But it's like, but that is what patriarchy is. That is what the entire premise of the understanding of patriarchy is, is that the power distribution, like we spoke about in the last episode, Mm -hmm. about this uh, this issue, is that it is held by men. Mm -hmm. And he's not just proving it that it's held by men. He doesn't go on to say, but yes, no, it's it's not, or it's 50-50 women, or... I mean, he would probably never consider that uh, a non-binary or a trans person could potentially be in that position of, of no, power as well. No, he doesn't think they exist, to, to... so that, that's not helpful for him, really. Mm. Yeah, no, and he also is just like, really does not address the, the unpaid labour comment at all. Mm-hmm. Sweet right over yeah. that. Even though that's like a massive part of patriarchy is that like unpaid domestic and um, child rearing and child bearing labor done by cisgendered women and people with uteruses like is like a massive, massive thing. But yeah, no, no, no. And then he does the list, which is a classic of the genre. Um, And I say this not to belittle the things he's about to say. Yeah. Should we listen to the list? Most people in prison are men. Most people who are uh, on the street are men. Most victims of violent crime are men. Most people who commit suicide are men. Uh, most men, most people who die in wars are men. People who do worse in school are men. It's like, where's the dominance here precisely? What you're doing is you're taking a tiny substrata of hyper-successful men and using that to represent the entire structure of, the, of Western society. There's nothing about that that's vaguely appropriate. I disagree. I think it is appropriate. (laughs) Because the structure Mm -hmm. of Western society is that a small group of hyper-successful, if you want to call them that, men and a few women, most of whom are white, most of whom are cisgendered and non-disabled, control the vast majority of the wealth and uh, the kind of lives of the general workforce as well because they're your bosses or your CEOs or your whatever. Um, so it, it is appropriate to look at who is at the top of a pyramid and go, well, then that person is dominant. Seems very appropriate to me. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, my my understanding of what the do- word dominant means is, you know, the people at the top. Yeah. <laughs> Funny, isn't so, it? So, you know, yeah. So if we are talking about who is at the top, and who is dominant mm-hmm. and what that sort of, you know, demographic is made up of. Even he, whilst trying to disagree with the interviewer, is in fact proving the point. Yeah. And he's going to go, He's in, by the way, this is a three minute clip. He's going to contradict himself about 7,000 times. But yeah, there, there is a pithy counter argument to that list. And I don't like making it generally because... I think it kind of belittles the reality of like people suffering. So I don't want to be like, well, Mm -hmm. the majority of people in prison are men. Okay. Does that mean that men commit the majority of crimes? Is that what that means? Mm -hmm. Or is it like loads and loads of criminal women running around the place? I don't know. I'm just saying. saying. Um, Also, who, who created the carceral system, which I have lots of objections to. Like did women, are women, are women imprisoning men? Are the majority of prison officers mm-hmm. men? 
or are they women or are the majority of governors of prisons men? One of the things that also comes across when people use this list is that it's painted as a form of discrimination. Mm-hmm. The, the straw man argument is, you know, particularly when it comes to homeless men, is that they are homeless because they are men, as in mm. like they have been made homeless by virtue of the fact that they are discriminated against based on their sex slash gender. So mm-hmm. therefore that is why they are homeless. Rather than there being countless reasons as to why somebody might be homeless and that might relate to things like, I don't know, trauma, substance use, economic um, uh, difficulties. Yeah, this particular issue is something that I would like to research a lot more because I think male homelessness is something that is very real. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it would be it would be something to really kind of think about what the factors are that contribute to it. Yeah. And we'll do like I think we'll probably do an episode on each of these list items. Yeah. And especially like kind of, you know, men are the victims, the majority of the victims of violence. Right. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they never mention the perpetrators of violence in that little list, do they? <laughs> no, they don't. No, it's they not, don't. Yeah. It's not. And she does say this later on in the clip, but it's not women who are committing violence against men generally. Of course, that there is some of that. Mm. But... Well, not as significant of a rate, is it? No, like, yes, yeah, so the majority of victims of, of of violent crime are men or whatever, but the, the a vaster majority of perpetrators of violent crime are men. So war is shit. I was actually looked this up because I wondered if more male civilians died in war as well. And actually, mm-hmm. I think they do. I think it is general. But more women are displaced by war. And also, obviously, rape mm-hmm. is used as a weapon of war. So it's not exactly mm-hmm. like, like poor men who just to, you know, skip off and not, not be in wars. It's like, no. You know, also, you don't want to get into like this whole, but it's worse for women in in war than it is for men. Because actually, just war is shit for everyone. Yeah. Like, it's... It's awful. It's a massive event that is hugely traumatic for an entire population. To take a step back in terms of what you were talking about, where does the notion of going to war come from? Sort of in historically sort of and who continues to kind of perpetuate it and push it and drive it forward? Mm -hmm. Again, it's not purely men, because as you said, sort of there are women involved in this and but it's like, you know, the again, if we're talking about the dominant sort of people who came up with the idea and potentially the people who dominate the continued mm-hmm. perpetuation and um, support for a, of war as a thing that should be done. You're looking at men, aren't you? Yeah. I've seen quite a lot of like Bernosphere podcasters talk about Ukraine and use it as an example of like, oh, they're all feminists until it's time for war. Nobody said anything about it. the fact that mm. men couldn't leave. It's like, yeah, they did. I think that's awful. That's gender-based discrimination. I think it's awful that men couldn't leave if they wanted to and women could mm-hmm. um also mm-hmm. fifty thousand women stayed to fight so not an insignificant number of people that's not feminism gone mad that we're making men fight in the war in ukraine just holding all your feminists until war starts and then it's like oh well the men can fight it's like what are you talking what what is this based upon it's not based on mm-hmm. anything I would, if I, you know, if this mm. happened in the UK and people were like, men can't leave, I'd be like, that's fucking messed up. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would definitely speak out against that. But at the same time, I wouldn't probably have any power to change it. Would I stay just like, because men couldn't leave? Probably would take mm. my son away out of the, like, war. Mm. So, yeah. Anyway, 
that's that's uh, my vague thoughts on the list. Um, but yeah, like I say, I don't even really like countering it. But yeah, it feels it feels like a bit of a like you're trying to have the, one of those gotcha moments, don't you? Yeah. Like you're trying to be like, oh yeah, but there's and it it just doesn't feel very nice. No, to... it's icky. Yeah, because there is there's the pithy way is just to go, yeah, well. Uh, most men commit violent crime while well, most men start wars and that's very very simplistic and not helpful really uh, we've done a little bit more than that <laughs> you know like oh it's a bit complex the problem is like modern discourse internet discourse doesn't like you saying well it's quite nuanced actually just want you to be like uh-huh. zinger clap back and that's not how things work in life right let's let's go should we go um yeah but I could say equally well that most rape victims are women. You know, terrible things happen to people of both sexes. And you could say that with, with, with perfect utility, but that doesn't provide any evidence for the existence of a male-dominated patriarchy. Well, there it are... just means that terrible things happen to both genders, which they certainly do. But there are almost no women who rape men, for example. So that is an asymmetry there in sexual violence. Well, yes, there's an, as- there's an asymmetry in all sorts of places, but that doesn't mean that Western culture is a male-dominated patriarchy. The fact that there are asymmetries has nothing to do with your basic argument. I object to that. <laughs> Jump in. What asymmetries are there where there's lots of things where, that women do to men? Not that, that men, more men are homeless or more men are in prison or whatever, because rape is an example of something that men disproportionately do to women. What is the asymmetry where women are in control? The thing is, I think she's really trying to not get riled up by him, and I understand that. So she doesn't kind of push mm-hmm. points, and that's. But I think that happens in all of his interviews because he's so firm and so unruffled. That I think he he makes people conform to his way of talking. Anyway, just needed to um, log my objection. Oh, right, and then he. This is where he gets really angry, actually. Which I don't know if it'll come through in the audio as well as it does when you can see the way he's looking at her. <laughs> but we will obviously link to the interview. No, but you might have got This is a trope that people just accept. Western society is a male-dominated patriarchy. It's like, no, it's not. That's not true. <laughs> and and even if it even if it has a patriarchal structure to some degree. Sorry, can we just? <laughs> no, it's not. That's not true. And even if it has a patriarchal structure to some extent, what are you talking about? You can't say, no, it's fundamentally not. And then be like, and even if it is. But even if it does. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I guess this is the this is the, the, the really interesting way in which he speaks is that, like you highlighted earlier on, is that there's there are quite a few contradictions that come up. But it's just the way that he speaks with such conviction and sort of the way in which he almost, like you say, has a real measure of how he speaks and delivers is that it's so convincing to think that he really, truly knows what he talks about. He has never not thought he knew what he was talking about in his life. <laughs> okay, so there's asymmetries everywhere. It doesn't mean there's a patriarchy. And even if there is a patriarchy, it was a point in which we left it. And and even if it even if it has a patriarchal structure to some degree, <laughs> the uh, the fundamental basis of that structure is not power, it's competence. That's why our society works. It's only when a, when a structure degenerates into tyranny that the fundamental relationships between people become dependent on power. It's not power. If you hire a plumber who's likely to be male, 
my favorite band. Not because there's roving bands of tyrannical plumbers forcing you to make that choice. <laughs> and it's the case with almost every interaction that you have at the face of our culture. You're dealing with people who are offering a service of one form or another, who are usually part of the broad middle class and who offer, and what you're looking for is the person who can offer the best service and you can find it. It's not a consequence of being dominated by anything that's tyrannical. Um, okay. So roving bands of plumbers happened in that, in that clip. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll be honest with you. I, I'm, and this is something that I think happens quite often when I listen to Jordan Peterson speak. And I don't, I'll be honest, I don't listen to him speak quite a lot. And I'm not very well read on anything that he does or most of what he sort of talks about. But there are points where he will speak and he will say things and he just loses me. <laughs> and I can't quite, I can't quite understand how he gets from where he started to where he ends right. up. So I, if, if he lost you, I'll try to articulate what I think his thread of thought was in that little clip. I think he was saying. Go on. Even if there is patriarchal structures, which he's just said there isn't, but now he's admitting that there are. Lol. Mm -hmm. They're not based on power. Mm -hmm. They're not based on dominant. They're based on competent. And then he thought most plumbers are male. And feminists would say that's because <laughs> society has to you know, designated some roles for men and some for women and trades are definitely like a man's kind of sphere and it's harder for women to get into them. And obviously they're often like passed down through the generations and even apprenticeships, probably blah, blah, blah. You're not going to get women, you're not going to get girls in school who aren't that good at like academic subjects. You're not going to get people saying, hey, you should be a plumber. But you might get that with boys. That's what feminists might say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that's not what it is. It's competency. Because basically what he's trying to say is that the reason there are male plumbers is because men are good at plumbing. And that's what it's based on. And that's it. So I think that basically he's saying that like, oh, feminists are saying that like men are basically plumbers because they, I don't know, roam the streets and make people have them do their plumbing. I don't know what he's talking about. But it seems to me that they, they, he's trying to make the kind of leap from there are male dominated trades because of their competence now i think that probably people who get a lot of work as plumbers get it because they're good plumbers not because they're men but i don't think men are biologically inclined to be better at plumbing um there's probably a rude joke to make there because um because if that were true i would be a biological and evolutionary failure one time i did try and sort out the washing machine and that went you know pear-shaped so um there was more water on the floor than there was in the washing machine at the end so that's a big old mm. f well you are a beta cuck so maybe if an alpha had tried it this is true oh yeah oh god yeah i'm not an alpha <laughs> yeah so basically it's just such a weird thing that he like without talking about roving bands of plumbers and then he's like and that means because there's not roving bands of plumbers there's no patriarchy mic drop <laughs> just so weird <laughs> um right just a little bit a little tiny bit to go now and, and then again our culture our western culture um which is by no means perfect and certainly has tyrannical elements like all cultures do is the least tyrannical society that's ever been produced and certainly the least tyrannical society that exists now 
So where's the patriarchy exactly in all of this? Well, saying that it's the least tyrannical society is not the same as saying it's not a tyrannical society. That's exactly why I said it was tyrannical. But that's what I mean. So you haven't debunked the existence of patriarchy then. You said that actually now is better... I don't have to debunk it. Women. You have to demonstrate its existence. You have to demonstrate its existence. You have. <laughs> you have demonstrated its existence. You talked about all the things that we talked about and highlighted as the patriarchy or a patriarchal system or a masculine structured society, whatever you want to fucking call it, you did it, mate. You proved it. So there. Yeah. And like also least tyrannical. So it's like we don't live in a patriarchal society. And even if we do, then it's like it's not tyrannical. And even if it is, it's like she's not. Nobody's saying that there's no difference between being a woman in the UK in 2023 and being a woman in Saudi Arabia in the, in the year 2023. No one's saying that there's no difference between being mm. in the UK now compared to 1913. No one's saying that. It's just, it's like a, it's mm. preposterous to, to argue that it doesn't exist because it's better than it used to be. <sighs> Not my favorite person. You didn't notice. <laughs> I hadn't quite picked up on it. Yeah, but I just thought I'd explicitly state it in case there was any, <laughs> um, any, any doubt. So yeah, basically, don't watch the rest of that interview unless you just want to feel sort of slightly despairing and afraid. But it is very easy to poke holes in even the manosphere's intellectual, and even in, even into his arguments because. They are mostly just froth and bluster, in my opinion. Do you think that's what the B in his name is? <laughs> bluster. Jordan Bluster Peterson. Yeah, I so. <laughs> it is now. If you enjoyed today's episode of Manosphere Debunk, please leave us a review and subscribe wherever you listen. You can also send questions, suggestions, and thoughts to manosphere-debunked at gmail.com. All of the materials referenced in this podcast are linked in the show notes.